Hey, what's up, guys? This is AJ from the Comeback Sports Podcast, and this is Season 5, Episode 8. I'm back again for another episode. It's been a great month so far. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving or just a good month in general. Uh, I went to Iowa for a couple days, actually almost a whole week. I uh, went to this uh, top golf knockoff called Pin Seekers back in Iowa. Uh, my friend works there. And I wanted to support it by showing up for the first week that it was open. It was really cool. I got to play free golf and have some drinks and food. And, of course, got busy with the holidays, being visiting with family and friends. Um, did a lot, though. So I'm glad to enjoy some time at home and see a lot of people. Uh, but now I'm back. And let's kind of get into the show now. So most of this episode is going to be about college football, particular, particularly conference championship week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over the five conference championship games this week and what my predictions are for each game. So I'll start with the ACC. So this week, it's going to be Florida State versus Louisville. In this game, I'm going to have to lean towards Florida State just barely. Both teams are really well in their own conference. They both beat two ranked teams. And Jahar Jordan from Louisville is a beast at running back, but... The LSU win that Florida State got beginning of the season was most impressive, and their wide receiver, Keon Coleman, is probably going to be a first-round pick. Florida State is a little depleted, and I'll get into that later, but it's still powerful enough to take on this Louisville team. My next game is going to be about the Big 12 conference conference game. Um, Big 12 is the conference that I'm an hour matter to, being, being from Iowa State. And this game is going to be Oklahoma State versus Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State has been an interesting team. They kind of been a little streaky, though. Um, and here's why I say that. That UCF loss was very concerning to me, considering that you were favored to win and you only put up three points. Um, and Texas, to me, is just more impressive. They came to Iowa State and beat a very hot team at the moment. And then they beat BYU in a more dominating fashion than what Oklahoma State did, where they went into double overtime to win the game. So they struggled more against BYU while Texas took care of them no problem, which is why I'm going to lean more towards Texas to win this game, especially since they beat a very good Alabama team on top of that. Then transitioning over to the Big Ten, this one's probably going to be my least favorite game to watch, not just because I was in it, it's just the matchup is the most underwhelming. As you can probably guess, it's going to be Iowa versus Michigan, and I'm going to go with Michigan for this. Iowa simply just does not belong in this game. They're arguably like the fifth best team in their own conference, and the only way they got in was because the Big Ten West is just a poverty division, and I'm so glad it's going to be gone. On top of that, Iowa lost their best player um, to Gene Cooper, and their pass offense got worse um, once Cade McInerney went out and got replaced by Deacon Hill. And Michigan, they held Iowa, Ohio State's running back, Trayvon Henderson, to 60 yards. So they can't depend on their best defensive player and their best returner. They can't depend on their pass offense, and they definitely can't depend on their run, their run game considering that Michigan held a pretty good running back to only 60 yards. Give or take, you did get a touchdown, but still, there's nothing that really screams that Iowa has a chance. On top of that, every win that they had was against an unranked team. Their loss against Penn State, which was their only ranked opponent, they didn't score a single point. 
this may be the last time we see Iowa at the championship game for the next decade. And it's probably going to be the same for all of those Big Ten West teams, including my team, Wisconsin. So I wish them luck. Next, I'm going to discuss the SEC championship game. This one's going to be exciting. Uh, so it's going to be Alabama versus Georgia. I have Georgia win this game. While this Alabama team is hot now, we can't ignore the fact that they barely beat an unranked Auburn team. Give or, bake, it's, give or take, it's the Iron Bowl, and it's a, one of the best rivalries in, at the end of the stretch of the SEC. But it's not a great team, and Alabama struggled against that. Thank God they had the, mer- the miracle touchdown pass from Jalen Rose, on um, Jalen Milrose. But this Georgia team is just rinse and repeat of last year and the year before. Their tight end, Brock Bowers, is the best tight end in the country, and Carson Beck is not that bad of a scrub either. So Alabama's going to put up a fight, but I think Georgia's just going to cut on top for this game. And then this is my favorite matchup. This is a very important matchup because this is the last match we're going to see in this conference in terms of a conference title. Um, actually, maybe not. Uh, but however, it's the last Pac-12 conference championship, and it's going to be Oregon versus Washington. Both these teams have been very great to watch um, throughout the season, and it's the best way to end off this conference that's no longer going to be around after the season. Either one of these teams, to me, is college football playoff ready. Um, however, this isn't the same Oregon team that lost the last meeting against Washington. This team has not allowed more than 30 points since that meeting, while Washington has allowed more than 30 twice. Sure, they're undefeated, but the defense is not that impressive compared to what I'm seeing from Oregon. And Oregon's offense has averaged 42 points in the last five games. They are hot and they are angry, so they're willing to put up a fight, and I think a lot of people can agree on that. So after this week for college football uh, conference championships, we're going to be having a discussion what the final college football playoff rankings are going to be, such as who is going to be the four that's going to make it in to play each other for the national title. If everything goes how I just described on my notes for the conference championship games, this is what I can see happening. It's going to be Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Florida State at three, and then Oregon at four. Florida State should not be in the final standings, though, even if they win the ACC. Here's why. I mentioned earlier about them losing Jordan Travis, and that's going to be huge when they start the playoffs because these three teams are way better than a fully stacked Louisville team is. And it's kind of going to be similar to a situation we saw last year with TCU just not belonging in there, especially if they make it to the championship game. Um, But, however... The committee cannot ignore an undefeated team, which is why Florida State will still get in, even though it's not a full team that it was supposed to be. Um, if, if you're up to me and I were to want that spot to be taken, I would want Washington to take that spot. They have four ranked wins and had the most ranked matchups in total. If not them, then Ohio State should get in. But obviously, I don't see a scenario where that's going to happen at this point. The only time I could see Ohio State making it in is if perhaps Michigan loses or um, Washington loses and if FSU loses. So all three of those need to happen for Ohio State to have a chance to get in this this, um, playoff. So I was thinking about this. I want to start like a challenge for the the, uh, postseason Uh, because it's not all about the college football playoffs. It's also about the bowl games that are going on. It's it's a great time because 
it happens during the holidays so people are off work and they have plenty of time to watch um, college football um, throughout the week so i'm going to start the comeback sports bowl game challenge and here how it goes i'm going to list five teams that i'm going to be following this week or the week of the bowl games and whichever one of these five teams has the best bowl game in my opinion I will rock their gear in the next episode by wearing like a shirt or a sweatshirt of this team to keep my word. So I'm going to lay out the five teams, why I like these teams so much that they're in this challenge and what they need to do for me to select them over the other four. So I'll start from the easiest one to kind of the more underdog one to me. I got Penn State at at the first one. I'm a big fan of James Franklin. He's really turned that program around and he's kept them in contention for a Big Ten uh, title for at least half a decade and this season was no joke to them they were the third best team in their conference against the hardest Big Ten schedule that's impressive in my, in my opinion even though they didn't make it to the title game and for me to rock their gear I just need to see a high power offensive win because James Franklin's offensive style this year has been very underwhelming and very kind of short pass game and just kind of being conservative. I need to see more of the flashiness and a little more aggressiveness with his offensive approach for me to for me to pick this team. The number two is a team we discussed earlier, which is Florida State. They've come a long way in the past two years and they need to win the ACC and a playoff game without Jordan Travis to really define themselves as this team is legit and this is this is a well-coached team and I deserve I I should be wearing their gear because um, it's been fun to follow them I mean that LSU win was kind of the starting point and they continue to roll through so I'm excited to see how they do for these upcoming games and then number three on my list is Mizzou um, University of Missouri this is probably the sneakiest team in a very already powerful SEC conference not to mention their Brian's team who is a former uh, guest on the show I'm um, shout out to Brian and for me to pick them over everyone else they just need to win in a dominating fashion for their bowl game and then let's see actually I only have five teams but this one is probably my favorite one I've seen this season to be honest so the last team on the list is Arizona This was a nobody team two seasons ago, and they just finished third in probably the toughest Pac-12 conference in recent years. Like all these Pac-12 teams came in with a vengeance of we may be going away, but we're going to be remembered when we leave this conference. And Arizona held up with them being third in this conference. To me, they have the easiest way to win my heart, which is just simply win a New Year's Six Bowl game. If they can do that, you're going to see me wearing the big old A right right on this camera. So I'll be rooting for them pretty heavily. But however, I don't want to count out these other three guys as well. Um, Before I transition over to NFL football, I do kind of want to talk about Jim Harbaugh since Michigan is looking very dominant and the Chicago Bears being that I live in the Chicago land. Oh, hey, Ethan. Um, So Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's been under the spotlight for couple weeks because of his uh, in-game his three-game suspension and there's a team in Chicago that just does not do good and as you can guess it's the Chicago Bears and who would be better to take the job of this underperforming team than Jim Harbaugh it works out very well in my opinion Jim Harbaugh has been a head coach I mean excuse me has been a head coach 
for a Super Bowl contending team, which is the 49ers. He used to be a quarterback for the Bears, and he is well recognized and he can play against he can coach against his own brother in the league. That's just a box office right there. But however, for that to happen, I believe they need to make him at least a top five highest paid coach in the in the league. Obviously, I'm not expecting like Andy Reid money. Does it does it does it make sense? Because Andy Reid has some Super Bowls under his belt. But because he's doing so well at Michigan and he has that credentials in the NFL already, for that to happen, he needs to be bought out by a large margin um, to consider that job. He also has to want it too, which I really don't know his stance. So I feel like it's going to have to be a lot of money for them to get Jim Harbaugh. And speaking of coaching jobs, uh, recent news, Frank Reich just got fired by the Panthers after 11 games. This is the third head coach in, I think, five seasons that's been fired before the end of the season. I think the other two were uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels. Um, there could be another one, but it could be wrong. Uh, I guess apparently after that loss uh, on Sunday, the owner went into the left the locker room, according to reporters, just like cussing up a storm. He said, the, uh, he said like, fuck really loud on, after when he left. And my assumption is he was probably talking to the coach or the team or the personnel. And they're just like, we suck and we need to do something because we are not getting anywhere. They're, they, only won, they only won one game and lost 10. And they literally just got their franchise quarterback, who they hope to be the franchise quarterback. And he has already been sacked 40 times, which is second in the NFL. And I can't imagine how discouraging it is for a rookie quarterback. Who are they going to hire? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more news of who's being interviewed, but I think at the moment they have the special team coach as the uh, coach for now. Um, but they need to think quick because Bryce Young, I don't think he's that much of a scrub. I just think he's just under a shitty circumstance in position. And I think regardless of if it's a better coach or a better coach, he's going to do better next year. That's just the nature of him. He just kind of, he just kind of comes off where he doesn't get th- thrown off too much and he'll, he'll bounce back like some other um, underwhelming rookies have in the past. Um, let's uh, finish off with some non-football and non-sports related topics. So it's winter time. It's well, kind of fall, winter. It did snow yesterday. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I can't go outside to do much. I just watch a lot of TV and a lot of uh, Netflix shows and even Amazon video shows. And one show I've been watching is the second season of, excuse me, Invincible. Um, I will go into spoilers. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled, I will put a time code of what you can skip to. Um, so you don't get spoiled. Um, I'll give you a second, maybe even two seconds. Okay. I'll give you three seconds. So if you don't know what Invincible is, it's a show, it's an animated show on Amazon video about this this kid who's half alien, half human, his alien dad is actually a superhero, but plot twist turns out he's trying to conquer earth. And the first season ends with him fighting Mark. That's the name of the main character. So it's Mark versus his dad, Nolan Grayson and Nolan deserts earth and then starts a new life somewhere else. When the new episode of season two came out, Mark gets lured into this distant planet saying that's under attack or it's going to go extinct. And it was just a way to see for his dad to see him because his dad now lives in that planet and started a new life to an extreme. He even has a new son on this planet. So Mark has a half brother. 
who I think is going to be named Oliver, was the show progress. And so Nolan wants to prepare his son Mark and his new son Oliver for uh, the domination of his uh, race. So Nolan is a Vulturemite, and they their job is pretty much just to conquer planets, kind of like with Dragon Ball with the Sands conquering planets for money and power. But either way, they're they're not happy with with Nolan, and they're going they're going to come and kill him and his sons and anyone else that comes in the way. Before they can even prepare for that, there's already a couple of Ultramites that come in to attack them. They lose the battle. Mark stays alive. Uh, Nolan gets captured, and he's going to be taken in for execution. So Mark has left an ultimatum saying, hey, we're going to kill your dad, but you're going to take over his job. So if you don't conquer Earth, then we're going to kill you and the planet. So that's how it ends. And it's a very interesting show because it really takes on the a perspective of things you don't normally see in the regular superhero shows and movies, kind of like with the other shows, like the boys have been doing where it's not all sunshine and flowers, or it's not, it's not always black and white with some of these um, superheroes. Um, Cause no one leaving earth has left a huge stain on his, not just Mark, but his wife too, Mark's mom, where she is confused and feel like she's just used and, she feels guilty because um, no, no one killed um, their friends in the process of all this um, this uh, trauma. Um, and it's very in- and it's also just a very interesting show because you get to see the other characters. And there's also like side stories too that happen. I don't want to go into details on that because I want to wait for these stories to unfold because I got a feeling it would all just come together. But it's just nice to see multiple stories rather than just one story at, at once. Um. I'd recommend it. Uh, I will admit it is pretty gory. So if that's not your kind of thing, um, then maybe you shouldn't watch it. But if you're like, if you're like me and you like a show like The Boys, then I definitely recommend it because uh, Seth Rogen, he, he produces both shows. So I can see why he's involved with both of these projects. It's kind of like his style. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, I got a feeling the next episode is going to even be better. Uh, I think what they said was it's going to be released early next year. So I think it's like the first half is this month. And then the next half will be earlier into 2024. That's crazy. It's almost 2024. I feel like this year has gone by really quick. Um, but it's been a good year, though. Um, that's all I have for my th- for my notes today. As you notice, I have, like, sheets this time. Instead of just looking at my screen, I like the little sheets. It's like I feel like I'm like Anchorman and, and like, like a news reporter about to tell you the top headlines or what the weather's going to be like. Um yeah, so I might do this more often. I'm sure my family's going to be mad that they see a lot of paper being used every time I do it. Because this is kind of nice paper. It's almost like resume paper. Um, if you ever know what resume paper is, like, it's just like super, like, it's like thick and just like a good texture. I don't know. It's just me being a little nerd at the moment. Um, but anyway, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And as always, um, have a great day. Uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care.